What up, world? Surpass first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond, and you are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. NBA Draft GOAT Chad Ford, Locked On NBA Draft host Raphael Barlow, and Locked On NBA host John Corrales will be live this year covering the NBA Draft. It's the Locked On NBA Draft, brought to you by Built Bar. Get local expert analysis on each pick, and make sure you are following Locked On NBA Draft on YouTube today, and watch our live coverage on July 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Today's episode is also our latest edition of Mailbag Monday, our weekly mailbag show answering listener-submitted questions all episode long. If you want to get involved, there are two ways to do it. You can tweet at me, at Mike G. Rich. Uh, just send me a tweet whenever you're thinking of it. Tag it as Mailbag so I know uh, I know what it's for. Or wait for Mondays, typically around either 9 a.m. or 6 p.m., either the beginning of my workday or the end when I will send out a tweet soliciting your questions, you respond to that tweet. I will do my best to get you in a show, either that evening or a future show. If you are not a Twitter user or just someone who does not tweet, you can email the show lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com. Lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com is the address. Those are two ways to get involved. We do this each week. I record on Mondays and post it on Tuesdays. This week, admittedly, life got in the way, so I'm recording it early on Tuesday morning. But the same deal, same Mailbag Monday, because neither snow nor rain nor heat nor gloom of night stays mailbag from your ears. So let's get into it. Our first question comes from Jesse, who asks, with the premise that CJ McCollum has looked like the best version of himself running point without Damian Lillard, why is it necessary to trade CJ for, quote, pennies on the dollar and not Dame dollar for the full dollar on the dollar? This is in reference to uh, two podcasts that I've posted this week, a kind conversation with Brandon Sprague, where I asked Brandon, a radio host here in Portland, if he would trade CJ for pennies on the dollar, because uh, that seems like what might be the might the return might be. But Jesse continues, Dame seemingly wants out. CJ hasn't expressed that. You have stated Dame as a top 10 player in the league. I feel like even getting a top 20 player who is a wing would be worth it. So I I think there's some merit to this. I think there's some merit to um, if you, you know, you're trading CJ for a lesser haul uh, that if you traded Dame for this big haul with, you know, a, a really good young player and a bunch of picks that you might be in a better spot. Uh, and and I, I think I don't disagree with the logic, but I don't think CJ plus one of the other 20 best players in the league gets you. I don't think you're a better basketball team in the near term. You may be a better basketball team in the, you know, three years down the line because you've you've traded Dame at sort of the peak of his value and all these things. And But I don't think next year you're going to be more competitive if you have, you know, um, you know, even if you even if you just swap a uh, the obvious one, Dame for Ben Simmons, right? Like, I don't think CJ and Ben Simmons is a better basketball team than uh, than Dame plus some other players because I just think top-end talent is so incredibly valuable in the NBA that, like, you can mash together sort of a bunch of guys who are in that in that range of like, oh, we're the 30 best players in the league and you'll be a really good team, right? Like you'll be, you'll be competitive and all those things and, and, and a high level playoff team. But I don't think you can win a championship without um, a true star. Um, I think 
in some ways the NBA finals re- reinforced that again like the Suns were really good but they didn't they don't have that like top tier top tier star they have two really really good players in Devin Booker and 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 Chris Paul and and really good depth and they made the NBA finals and they were damn close to winning the title for sure i mean Chris Paul's like a Hall of Fame player and Devin Booker is is making his ascension to be one of the 15 best players in the league but when it came down to it, the best player on the court won the NBA Finals. Like, no, no one had an answer for Giannis Antetokounmpo, one of the top five players in the NBA. I think that's, I think that's always what it's going to take. So while I do think there's some merit to your to your idea, Jesse, uh, I think you are. It depends on what your goal is. Like, if if you're building for 2022 or 2024, I think uh, it changes your goal. But if you're trying to be as good as possible, trading Dame at the trading Dame at his peak doesn't get you as good as possible this fall. Next question comes from Jacob in Ferndale, who asks, "Want to hear that Neil Olshay admitted in an interview that I'm not sure we can get value by trading CJ? My thought is that he's trying to pump interest, a la, well, I guess nobody really wants him, with the hope that some more suitors would come Portland's way. Jacob in Ferndale, I hope this is not your business strategy. You tell the competition that the price is extremely low, hoping to drive up the asking price. I that is not my read on it. That is just not my read. Uh, if you if you wanted to drive up the asking price you'd say that there's you know five six seven different teams in the mix and that you had all these offers and so someone would come forward with the sort of you know grandfather offer to to make it happen uh instead saying we can't get value makes other teams say well they're well they can't get much value why would we offer more next question comes from dante ward at detay 33 on twitter who asks if team usa fails to get gold or even metal does that affect dame staying with the blazers does it make him more eager to want to win a ring resulting in wanting a trade blake pitaro at ball don't lie 77 on twitter asks if dame and team usa continue to struggle slash don't win a gold medal does his possible view of needing to jump ship from portland to team up with more talent change so i i talked about this on a previous episode it's kind of like my um the thing i've considered most with like what with dame on team usa is like what what is an outcome what is like the good quote-unquote good outcome here um my hottest take, and I joked about this with someone, I don't think I've said this on this podcast, is that Team USA is going to is gonna poison Dame against the idea of super teams. He's going to be like, oh my gosh, playing with all these other star players is, is just horrific. We're losers. Uh, I don't actually believe that, but it's uh, it's my, my goofiest hot take. I, I kind of think, um, I don't know where I've landed. I'm leaning more towards an unfulfilling summer, like a lost, you know, Team USA wins bronze or something that Dame just says, like, it, he become he's just, he's already frustrated and this doesn't help him. It doesn't like, um, you know, this pushes him further down the path of being like, you know, my basketball career has been unfulfilling. I must chase, I must chase that ring and, and, and that trophy to like be fulfilled. I, I kind of think that's, that's what a, like a bronze medal or whatever, a silver medal it for team USA would be but I do think there's there's something to suggest that that Dame there is part of my conspiracy theory that suggests Dame like sort of sees this sees the struggle and says you know I want to do it here because it would be it would be more meaningful and when we we cram this team USA team together it was like it was like just didn't have much meaning I don't I don't actually believe that I think I've leaned towards uh, a loss with team USA is only bad news for uh, Dame's future with the Blazers All right, let's come back in the second segment and answer more of your questions in this glorious Mailbag Monday. But first, let's talk about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. You know that Built Bar just has 
a bunch of delicious flavors, so there's something for everyone. You do know that because you've listened to this podcast before and you've heard me talk about this fantastic protein bar, the best protein bar that, that there is. But in case you forgot, they got all types of flavors, like mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. They got strawberry, orange, coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, German chocolate, cookies and cream. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. You can try them all, decide what you like, and order more from there. If you know what you like, go get yourself a box because they they pack a lot of punch. And I'm talking serious punch, 7 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 5 grams of net carbs at the absolute max. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Go to built.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right. Let's keep it rolling on this glorious mailbag Monday. Our next question comes from Rudy, who asks, much has been made about the Blazers having quote, limited assets to get deals done around Dame. But do you really feel that is true? Sure, they don't have loads of extra draft picks, a la Oklahoma City or New Orleans. But don't you feel if they truly went all in, they have enough to get something significant done? Nurkic is a good expiring deal. Covington is a good expiring deal. CJ, possibly the most readily available 20-point-per-game score in the league under contract and in his prime. All their draft picks and swap rights. Derek Jones Jr.'s expiring deal. Simons and Little that are at least semi-interesting. They might have to get creative, which Olshe is not good at, and do a three- or four-way trade, but they have better pieces than it would seem at first glance. Do you agree? Rudy, I love this question because... This is kind of the sort of the big question of the summer. Do the Blazers have the parts to get it done? Uh, you know, Neil has has, has said through, and, and, and I again encourage you, if you haven't listened, the, I have a two-part interview with Brandon Sprague of 1080 The Fan. We talked all about sort of the Blazers offseason outlook and what we kind of see happening from here. But, but we, you know, we talked about, you know, Neil has seemed to say through an athletic report or the reporting from the athletic suggests that Neil believes that, that, Trades are the avenue to get better, but even trades are going to be difficult. And I think here you kind of point out um, some that there are valuable trade assets, but I, I think unpacking this a little bit will help us understand kind of what value means in this context. First of all, I do think Robert Covington and Yusuf Nurkic are good players on expiring deals. However, Expiring deals are a lot less valuable than they once were in the NBA. The length of contracts are a lot shorter. Uh, the, when when back in the day, guys signed seven-year deals, it was really valuable to get trade for an expiring contract and just get get out from under the money so you don't have to pay Richard Lewis and Rafe LaFrance all that money for the rest of your lives. Uh, it's... It has changed. Change the calculation. Expiring deals are less valuable in the summer in trades because every team wants to be good and having a guy not under contract for multiple seasons is actually less appealing. And be, and so expiring deals become more valuable at the trade deadline when you figure out what you're after, you figure out what next summer is going to look like, and, and you don't have to make that long-term commitment. And the lack of long-term commitment becomes appealing because of the timeline. When you're heading into the summer, you'd actually want guys under contract for multiple years because team control role is very valuable in the league in, in, in an era of player movement. Additionally, and we'll just stay with these two and then we'll move forward. Yusuf Nurkic is not 
when you're trading for a star or trading for an all-star, right, uh, what teams typically want is that they want a player who is young and can get better on a on a relatively cheap deal. Uh, Nurk is pretty young. He's on a relatively cheap deal, but the idea that he could get significantly better seems unlikely. The team that sort of fixed a young Nurk is the Portland Trailblazers. He was an unplayable malcontent in Denver, and now he's a sometimes playable, pretty darn good center, like a you know borderline top 10 in his position, like an above average starter in the league. But the idea that he could get much better than that, or you could bank on sort of like the magic of him having good health would be... Um, seems unlikely for a team. It's just he's, while he's good, what you're actually trading for if you're trading for Nurk is the right to pay him. The right to give him to to next summer to have his bird rights and give him a and give him a big old contract. Are teams pining to do that? I'm not sure. And I'm, I'm, I certainly believe that trading uh, an asset for the right to pay use of Nurkic is not particularly appealing to most of the league. Covington is uh, in a similar boat. Covington is really good and would start on nearly every good team that he plays for. It's hard to it's hard to construct a team, I guess, unless you have a log jam at, at the four, uh, like where Covington wouldn't play regularly. It's he's 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 just he's really good, uh, but he doesn't have a ton of individual offense. So you're kind of trading for a finished product, and you're not trading for if you're a young team trading for a guy that can like go get his own bucket as a veteran. He's a glue guy, uh, and while he's a really valuable glue guy, he's kind of like the missing piece on a good team as opposed to like the part in a trade that helps you get get that missing piece. I, I think in the right deal, Covington gets you back some value, but uh, the Covington on a one-year deal is not particularly enticing. Uh, Covington on expiring deal at the deadline might be really enticing because he's really good and he could be that piece to put you over the top if for teams chasing a championship. In February, if the, things aren't working out, I think trading Robert Covington could be super, super valuable. For now, in the summer, I'm not sure he's there. And even if you combine those two contracts, I'm not sure you're there. CJ McCollum, most readily available 20-point-per-game scorer in the league under contract and in his prime. I would push back about that because I believe Pascal Siakam is is rumored to be available. I'm not sure. You know, CJ McCollum's just paid too much money for what he is. He's he's really he's a really, really solid scorer. He's proven to be a consistent and really good scorer for years in this league. But he's paid to be you know, uh, uh, an all-star, and I don't think he's he's that he's quite that quality. Uh, you know, he's not he's you know he's he's on the he's on a Devin Booker deal, and he's just not Devin Booker, right? He's uh, I don't even think he's Jamal Murray. It's just he's what he is is really good and paid to be great, and I don't think that is super super enticing. Teams don't want to pay C.D. McCollum in the way that they'd rather have use of Nurkic under contract for a couple seasons at his price. They no teams or less teams, fewer teams are going to want to have C.D. McCollum under under his uh, at his current price under under contract for three years. Like a, three years and thirty million plus a year is is dicey for teams. That is not particularly appealing. The rest of the guys you mentioned, Derek Jones Jr., uh, he's just he's just getting paid more than he's more. He got more he got more money than he would in the open market. Uh, he could be the right fit for a right team, and I think at his price, like nine point seven, he could be valuable trade filler when the, if the Blazers need to make a trade in the future because you don't have to pay him into the future. Um, you don't like you, there's not multiple seasons left on his deal, but but 
Derek Jones Jr. is going to opt in. He's going to take the money. It's like $9.8 million, $9.7 million. He's going to take it. Uh, He could be packaged as part of a trade in the future. But if he was, um, you know, if he was, if he was better than that, he would opt out and go get the money. Uh, The Blazers slightly overpaid and it didn't work out for him last year. There's a chance it works out for him this year, but it doesn't make him an appealing trade asset. Anthony Simons and Nazir Little, they're definitely semi-interesting, but they're not the type of players that scream, like future stars. They're not Shea Gilles Alexander, right? They're not, um, they're not even a young Demontis Sabonis where you're like, you know, in the right spot, this, this, you know, this, this guy can really play. They're intriguing players that can turn into like consistent rotation, consistent starter types in the league, but they're not, they don't have star. I don't think either of them have star potential. I think your mileage may vary on that. And if you disagree, I think that's fine, but I view their upside as like long-term starters as opposed to sort of stars, all-star types in the league. Uh, that's that, And that changes the calculation. All that is to say, if the Blazers were trying to sort of retool and make small trades around the margins, I do think they have parts to do that. Uh, I think you could trade Nurk. I think you could trade CJ for maybe less value, but a better fit. Like I, I've been, I've been a big proponent of that, like just better, a better fitting parts. I think that's that's still reasonable if you do it. I think Simon's little could be sweetened, could be thrown in deals to sweeten it up, although neither of them are particularly appealing. And it would be hard to have them be the centerpiece of any deal, even if you were to get sort of the right complimentary salary around them in Covington or Derek Jones Jr. Like, I just, I don't think they're there. And if you're trading for a star, what you need is a whole bunch of draft picks and an intriguing young player. People don't want veterans. People don't like, you know, if you're trading for Siakam or or Brad Beal, more on that in a moment. Like, the, it's it, it's hard for me to believe that, um, you know, that the Blazers have the parts to do that because, like, who wants, you know, if you're trading your star, you don't want to restart with CJ McCollum for three more seasons as he turns 29, 30, and 31. It's not, that's just not super appealing. If you're if you're retooling for for a star, do you want to have to make a decision on whether to pay a, a pretty good young center and use of Nurkic? No, you want players under contract, so you want Simons and Little, but neither of them are, are are particularly stars. So I don't I don't all of this is to say, and why I chose to do this as its own sort of standalone question is because what what the Blazers have could be good trade assets in general, but their goal is to is to land a big fish. And I don't think they have the trade assets to land a big fish. So the final question of your point here is that in a three or four way trade, they'd have better pieces than it would seem. And I think that's the trick here. I don't I think you've got to find the 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 trick here is to be really creative and find a team that that really um covets. Yusuf Nurkic or or has an eye for Anthony Simons and Nazir Little and then try to make the trades work. The problem is if you're trading for a really big fish, you almost certainly have to include CJ McCollum in the deal. And what team in the league is interested in CJ McCollum? I did a whole podcast and you can find it in your feed. It's called Search CJ McCollum Trades in your feed about sort of the limited value of CJ in the trade market. And I think that's what's really holding them back is that to make the salaries work, you've got to trade CJ and CJ's lack of appeal means you've got to attach sweeteners to it and the Blazers don't have the right type of sweeteners. I do think the Blazers have some trade pieces. I do think when we get to the trade deadline in February... The Blazers could could make some moves and retool, but I don't think they have the parts to make a big swing. I I I I'm I maintain that Rudy is that they still have relatively limited assets. Uh, clearly, you disagree a little bit, and you know what? It's the beauty of this podcast. So I appreciate you disagreeing, and I appreciate you asking a good question that allows us sort of to unpack what the Blazers have to trade. Because after this, after the draft this week, they they will have all their draft picks, but. All, all of their draft picks is good, what's going to help them go all in to make a trade, but there's sort of other parts to sweeten a trade um, 
make it a little bit a little bit dicier, a little bit more challenging for sure. So I think a three or four team trade, as you said, like a multi-team trade is the path forward because a straight across trade for another all-star level player seems relatively unlikely. All right, let's come back in the third segment, close out this Mailbag Monday with more of your questions. But first, let's talk about betonline.ag. It's just the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. That's what it is. You want to bet on the Olympic Games going on right now? There's There are bets on every single event. You want to bet on Major League Baseball's regular season? Well, it's still rolling along, and you can find live odds, props on almost every single game. And the latest news right there on their website. So before the next pitch... Before that starter gun sounds, head on over to betonline.ag and when you're making your first deposit, put in the promo code Locked On and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag. The promo code is Locked On and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond, and you're still listening to Locked on Blazers. We're still rolling through Mailbag Monday. Next question comes from Jeff V, who asks, is it possible to trade for Brad Beal? There was a report in The Athletic uh, this week by Fred Katz of The Athletic that Brad Beal's not in the trade block, but this week is the big week. Like, he has, he needs to make a decision, and if he does make a decision, there's suitors lined up, and and, and Washington doesn't want to trade Brad Beal, but if they, if they are, he's going to tell them, like, He's, he's a year left in his contract, so they would rather go ahead and do it now around the draft. So this week could be the big week to trade for Brad Beal. And I don't think the Blazers could do a straight-across trade for Brad Beal. I don't think, you know, you'd have to include C.J. McCollum or or Damian Lillard, but that kind of defeats the purpose. But you'd have to include C.J. McCollum. And if the Wizards are going to trade Brad Beal, they're probably also going to trade Russell Westbrook and kind of like restart around a young core with Rui Hachimura and Denny Avia. Um, so I... I don't think McCollum works there in Washington. So yeah, I think there's a, I think there's like to, this is why I kind of ordered these questions together. Like Rudy's question in the, in the previous segment is like, you're going to have to get creative here. You're going to have to find a team that wants uh, CJ McCollum. And then you're going to have to be that, you know, send CJ McCollum there, have that team send young assets uh, to, to Washington. You send a couple draft picks and you get Brad Beal back in return. Like you're going to have to get creative, but there's no straight across trade that lands you Brad Beal. Uh, it's just, the Blazers don't have, they don't have big fish type assets. They don't have star type assets. They don't have the young, they don't have the young stud or like a bunch of um, auxiliary draft picks that they could sort of like throw into the mix. They've got their own draft picks and they've got decent young players and like good veterans, but that's not exactly what you need. That's what you need to build a pretty decent team, which they have, but it's not what they, what you need to like trade for a star. And that, that is their challenge. And I think Brad Beal is, um, is up there. Uh, one question I got on Twitter that I think the, the tweet was deleted before I could add it to my uh, add it to my doc was someone asking about Pascal Siakam, and I th- I think it's the same thing. Like I don't think it's hard for me to believe that the uh, Raptors, if they're trade Siakam, that uh, McCollum would be the person that they settle for. But if you can get creative in a multi-team trade, I love the idea of Pascal Siakam in Portland. Love the idea. I probably like him more than Ben Simmons. It's close. Eh. I don't mean that. I still I still think Simmons is better than Siakam, but I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. Multi-skilled, some individual offense, uh, you know, really good defender. Even when he's been awful on offense, still plays hard and is big. Um, he's, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. So either one of those trades, like if you're hunting the, the two names that seem to be most available that aren't Damian Lillard, like if you're hunting the names outside the roster, Brad Beal and, and potentially Pascal Siakam, you know, m- neither or both could get traded this week for sure. Uh, I, I think you've got to find multi-team trades. That's, that is the path forward because the Blazers, a straight across trade for any, for any team in the league is unappealing for Portland. 
Next question comes from Ben, who asks, I haven't heard much about our front office besides Neil Olshay. Who would be considered second in command? If Neil were to be fired, who would be the most likely interim GM? So the assistant GMs for the Blazers are Billy Branch, Bill Branch, and Steve Rosenberry, Rosie. Uh, my read on it is that it'd almost certainly be Bill Branch uh, if the Blazers, like, if Neil were to be fired and they were to keep the same, you know, staff until the end of the season, that it'll be Bill Branch. Uh, Rosie, it does not seem like that would be his job, but it could be either one. They got the same title. Uh, so I, I believe it would be Bill Branch. He's someone who, if you've been to the arena, you've seen a kajillion times because he's always there, but you just don't know who he is. Um, so yeah, it'd be, you can, I mean, you can look these people up if you want to see their photos. They're available on the team's website, but yeah, Bill Branch, I believe would be the interim GM if that's how it were to work. Next question comes from Randy Powell at Randy Powell 625 on Twitter, who asks, if you could reverse one move the Blazers have done, had control over, what would it be? So I, I think it's the 2017 draft. Like, I, I think it has to be. I think you just, assuming you make the same trade, assuming you trade 15 and 20, uh, which were the Blazers' two early first-round picks in that draft, and move up to 10, you take Bam Adebayo. Like, I think that's that's the move. You get a guy who could, who, you know, early on in his career, maybe play a little bit next to Nurk and then eventually take over for Nurk and then... You you put yourself in a situation where you could you could trade Nurk when he had when he had his you know sort of peak value there, um, and and you could play big along the front line, which is something the Blazers flirted with 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 Collins and Adebayo. Bam's not as uh, as much as like a shooter, but he's a better passer, and you could run a bunch of stuff through him. Uh, it would kind of cure a bunch of the Blazers' woes. Like I think you just at 10, 15 and for fifteen and twenty, you trade up to ten, same same deal, but instead you take Bam Adebayo. You could argue that you just do the same thing and take Donovan Mitchell, and I would agree. I'd probably agree with you. <laughs> I'd, I'd be fine if that's the direction you want to go. But I think it's a 2017 draft. I think that's that's what you fix if you could go back and fix something. Dave at ATQ Dave on Twitter asks If Nurk were to actually stay healthy for a full season, I realize that's a big if. What is his ceiling? Hard to improve when you're struggling to stay on the floor. Yeah, I don't know if Nurk's going to get like wholly better. I think what like Nurk is a really good defender. Um, plus defender and uh and a, and a good playmaker he's still one of the worst finishers in the league around the rim bottom 10 in the league for regular guys who shoot up high volume in the paint uh pretty much the only starter who's worse than him is Andre Drummond uh so I don't know that he's gonna like I don't know if playing more improves that skill that might be um some patience some mental thing and also just like some fit some sort of physical abilities that he's he's you know not as not as good with his right hand or not as good with his left hand as he is with his right hand, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I don't know, like his, his, it's more about like what the team could be if you got 75 games of Nurk, right? It's not like, I don't know if Nurk is going to take this massive jump. I think Nurk is like, he's not a, like a completely finished product. He could become better in a couple different spots, but like, it's more about what the team could be. I don't think Nurk takes this massive development step just by playing games, but I think the team goes from like, Oh, but if Nurk was healthy to like, okay, you had 70 games of Nurk. You were like, you were an average defense for all 70 of those games and you have Dame and you're one of the best offenses in the league. Like he just takes you to, he raises the, the, the floor of this group so much that even without much individual development from him, uh, he, he's going to, the team is going to be a lot better with more Nurk. Next question comes from Colin Petit at Colin Petit on Twitter, who asks, Mike, in the spirit of the Olympics, if you could bring back one former international blazer to play on this team, who would it be to make it interesting? Have it be someone who wasn't a regular starter during their time in Rip City. So my first thought here is Rudy Fernandez. Uh, he's, you know, he wasn't that good in the league and um, it's and he had back problems and all these things. But he's a he's a star in, in Spain, like no, no doubt about it. He's um, 
he's just he's he's been really good since he's been in uh in in Real Madrid. He's he's been uh he's been a first team all Euroleague performer. He's been an MVP of EuroCup. Like he's he's it's been a while and Rudy Fernandez is uh 36 I believe and closing in on his 37th birthday. So it's it's not perfect, but I think I think Rudy has to be my has to be my guy there. Next question comes from Dalton White at DJW21 on Twitter who asks, "All right, Mike, here's a doozy. You find yourself in a post-apocalyptic Portland and you're looking for survivors to band with because strength is in numbers. You have three current Blazers you who you can choose to join the group. Who are you picking and what role will they fill?" Well, first I'm picking Dame. Uh he's uh like maybe the most famous person in in the state. Um, he's also probably closing in on half a billion dollars. Um, and I'm going to think that between Dame's resources, maybe post-apocalypse, like money doesn't matter. Um, but I'll assume Dame can like trade jet skis or whatever for us to, or just have jet skis for us to get the hell out of Dodge. Uh, so Dame, like just, I, I want like the sort of like capital resources of Damian Lillard. Uh, then I want Carmelo Anthony. Uh, he's going to bring a lot of wine. He seems like he'd be pretty calm. I want like older older, older folks. I want like full on adults. I'm not, no, no 20 somethings. Like I'm, I'm looking for like a peer, you know, to, uh, so we could, we could plot together. Also, he's got, he's just got dad strength, dad energy. We're going to, that's, that's who wins in the films. It's like a, a, a dad separated from the family. That's, that's who you want. And Carmelo Anthony. Uh, and finally I'll go Nurk because Nurk drives this huge, truck, uh, this huge Toyota truck. And I feel like we're going to need big off-roading vehicles for, uh, for the post-apocalyptic Portland. So I'll go mellow Nurk and Damian Lillard for my, uh, for my, my strength in numbers group. Next question comes from blazer tag podcast, the blazer tag podcast at blazer tag PDX. See, I didn't add an extra S in there. Blazer tag. Give me, give me, give me my flowers. Blazer tag podcast asks better party. Better party and would and would you rather throw it or attend it? Super Bowl, New Year's Eve, insert sport, all star store, sporting event, costumed Halloween or Fourth of July. Super Bowl party, I attend a great one regularly prior to the last year when things were a little bit different. Uh, so I love that. That's on the list. New Year's Eve, no thanks. Happens too late at night. You don't start partying till midnight. Um, just it's just too it's too, too late for me now. Too late for me. Too much alcohol. Uh, insert all star sporting event. I don't care. Throw that one out. Costumed Halloween. I've never been a Halloween guy. Never been a Halloween guy. Uh, so no thanks. Fourth of July. Love it. Um, you know, not a, maybe, maybe not my like preferred sort of like celebration, but, uh, the, the vibes are good. Um, I don't love fireworks, but barbecue daytime. Um, that's, that is my, that is my range. So I'll go attend in order Super Bowl then 4th of July. Those are, those are my top two. Um, but I don't want to host. I don't want, you have to spend money. You've got to clean up. No way. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll go to your house. I'll contribute financially, but uh, I don't want to, I don't want all those folks in my home. Next question comes from Matthew who asks, which happens first? Neil trades CJ or the Trailblazers meet the Seattle Supersonics in the Western Conference Finals? Okay. I love it. I am going to say, whew, I'm going to say that the Trailblazers meet the Seattle Supersonics in the Western Conference Finals. And hear me out here because I think, here's my logic here. Neil's not going to trade CJ this summer and then the team is going to implode next summer. And, and so there's not going to be, no no more Neil around, uh, you know, no more Dame around, et cetera, et cetera. And so Neil won't have the opportunity to trade CJ. So then we'll just be, the clock will just start until the Blazers meet the newly expanded Seattle Supersonics in the West Finals. That's, that's my, I don't even think I really believe that, but I believe it. 
Okay, to close out the show, some whoopsies, some corrections. Last week, a listener asked me to make the Pete Christopher All-Star. Shout out to my homie Pete Christopher. That was players who have two first names, two common first names who are in the NBA. And I, I gave my list. You can go back. It's the last question of the of mailbag last week. You can go back and listen. Uh, final five minutes or so of the show, maybe less. Uh and I, I, I said, I knew I'm missing, I knew I'm missing folks. So send me some corrections and I got them a huge miss. Ben Thompson at Ben underscore son of Tomp on Twitter pointed out that I missed Brandon Roy on my common first name roster. Brandon Roy, one of my all time favorite NBA players, Brandon Roy. And I totally forgot about him. Whoops. Danny Prince at Daniel underscore Prince on Twitter pointed out that I missed Donovan Mitchell, who should have been in my starting group. I picked Mike James, a uh, former Grant High star who plays for the Brooklyn Nets, as my starting shooting guard on my all-current team of, of common first names uh, for your first name and your last name. I picked Mike James, and I forgot about Donovan Mitchell, one of the best players in the league. Whoops. Ben emailed to say that I forgot about Dennis Scott, and Mason emailed to say I forgot about Walter Ray Allen. And y'all? all of these are better selections than where I landed. Uh, so I appreciate you for, for keeping me honest. I knew I was missing some obvious ones and to miss Brandon Roy and Ray Allen is pretty bad. Dennis Scott's an obvious one, but I, I, I'm not, um, I don't feel super bad about forgetting about 3d Donovan Mitchell. Um, my pro this is a process problem. I think I, I think I didn't remember Mitchell being a first name as part of my process, but missing Ray Allen and Brandon Roy in this, um, exercise was pretty, pretty embarrassing. So thanks for, thanks for the corrections. Uh, we do mailbag each week. It is, uh, I record on Mondays, posted on Tuesdays. Typically this week was a little bit different, but it's live on Tuesday. That's, that's when you're able to listen to it. So if you want to get involved in the future one, at Mike T. Rich on Twitter, send me a tweet or lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.